joining us and we'll see you or we'll hear you next Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Thank you. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Thunderbird Eye for CITR 101.9 FM's annual 24 Hours of Student Power event highlighting incredible achievements and stories from UBC's student population. As always, before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge that this episode is being recorded and broadcasted on the unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Now, as I mentioned, 24 Hours of Student Power focuses on students at the University of British Columbia with great stories to tell or students that are pretty accomplished. And um, my guest today fits nicely into both of those categories. We have uh, UBC Thunderbirds goaltender Matt Hewitt. And makes another stop. Puck's still loose. Out to Orban. Another stop by Hewitt. Unbelievable save by Matt Hewitt. He just keeps making highlight reel stops. Matt is having his best season as a Thunderbird, currently second in the league with a 9.22 save percentage and on his way to the playoffs. He has recently named WHL Graduate of the Month for January and has been on fire in the new year. He's also well known as Ryan Miller's emergency replacement last season who suited up for your Vancouver Canucks as the backup goaltender when AHL starter Thatcher Demko was unable to make it to Vancouver in time. So, uh, Matt, congratulations on the excellent play of late. Uh, it's been a while since you lost a game. Uh, does this season feel any different from your previous four? I think, like you mentioned, this is probably my best season as a Thunderbird so far. I'm in my fifth year now, so I've played a handful of games here at UBC. Um, I definitely can say, as a team, overall, I think this is the strongest we've been probably within the five years, I think just gelling well together and especially after the break has we've really come together as a team. Yeah, so you're actually one of the busiest goaltenders in Canada West. Um, you face the third most shots all year. Uh, you're tied for shots faced a game with 35. Uh, and you get into most games. You've got, I think, 19 on the season now. Uh, in a game around the end of October against Lethbridge, you stopped 53 shots in a 6-4 victory. What is it like to face 57 shots in a game? It can be a lot of fun. I mean, that is if most of them are not going in the net. And uh, it turned out that game I was able to only let, what did you say, four in? Yeah, let four in. Four in. So That's at the end of the bad. day, yeah, four on 50, 50 on shots, I think I'll take that at the end of the day. Um, I think my team, for the most part, was able to keep a lot of the shots from the outside. I think it was just... A lot of rebounds and stuff that were just getting kicked out and second chances that uh, was able to keep out the net. But um, usually when you're getting those high shot games against, you can sometimes get in a mojo. And when you're feeling pucks and seeing pucks, you can um, feel good about yourself. And that's just kind of how it went that night. So looking at the way you guys have played in January and February versus sort of the rest of the season, it's like watching two different teams. Uh, what are you guys doing differently? Yeah, before uh, the Christmas break, we were kind of in a in a rut. I think we were on a seven or eight game losing streak. Things were not good. There's not much positive energy in the room or within the team. And um, I think the break was really good for us because I think we were able to hit the reset button and come back with kind of a fresh mindset. And we just kind of went to work after the break and just tried to regroup and come together as a team. And we got on a bit of a roll there and started having lots of positive energy and practices were working super hard. And we just kind of kept the ball rolling from there, and things have been really going well. Yeah, does it feel like the guys are doing a better job on defense? Because it seems like uh, maybe in the in the start of the season there was a bit of defensive issues. Obviously, that 57-shot game, there was a couple ones with uh, with the high-shot counts and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't really want to point fingers to any individuals or a certain select group. I think you have to look as a team, as a collective, because hockey is a team game at the end of the day. So I think just before the break, I don't think we had much team identity, and we didn't really know what kind of game plan we're going into the game. And I think you got to give huge credit to the coaches after the break. We came back and they set up a game plan for us and the team really bought into the game plan. And that's how we kind of started to get the ball rolling. So I think just the team as a collective 
just came together and uh, we came ready to play, and it's really shown in the second half. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, Ryland Toth. Ryland Toth had a really good game uh, last week against Saskatchewan. Uh, it was just his first win of the season. He's, he's a good goaltender. He had a really good uh, WHL career with uh, Red Deer and actually won a WHL championship with Seattle. Um, but sort of struggled a little bit when he first came to U Sports. Do you think he's like made a change in his play, or has it just been bad luck for him? Yeah, Rylan is a fantastic goalie, really great guy, um, always smiling at the rink. He's a pleasure to have around. Um, being in my fifth year and looking back to my first year, I can say I've definitely been in his shoes. Um, it's a hard adjustment coming from the WHL into university hockey. Um, during your WHL days, you're not really f- focused on any other aspects other than just playing hockey, and that's about it. So coming to school and having to take on a bunch of extra extracurricular activities it can be uh, quite overwhelming and a hard adjustment. So I know in the first half, it was a bit of a struggle for him on the ice, just adjusting and couldn't really find a win in the first half. So huge credit goes out to him coming and playing against his uh, hometown team in Saskatchewan there versus the Huskies and played an unreal game and got his first win. So really happy for him and he's going to be a great goalie for this team moving forward in the future. Yeah, for sure. Can you can you talk about some, maybe some of the differences between like WHL and, and U-Sports? Yeah, the WHL, I mean, it's like the time of our lives when we're like 16 to 20. Um, can't really ask for a better league to play in. You're just waking up and going to the rink and hanging out with the guys and putting your time in at the gym and and on the ice practicing. And other than that, you really just go home and you're living with built families usually. Uh, in my experience, I played for the Regina Pats, so I played there when I was 18, 19, 20 for three years, so I had a little bit of experience of living away from home, but I think that's part of the fun is just making those adjustments and living life and, and just enjoying the ride, and I can definitely say that was one of the best times of my life. Is the game day experience different? Like, Is it like more of a day-long commitment in the WHL to have a, have a game to go to? Yeah, like I said, um, usually the coaches want you to come check in at 9 so they know you're not sleeping in and kind of get like a team stretch in. And after that, you go to lunch. And some guys are still in high school, right? So you have to meet them back at the rink for 12 as a team. And then you usually go over some video review and have a team meeting and then usually go home for a nap and then... You wake up and you're preparing dinner, and then you're off to the rink for five to play at seven. So it's quite the long process. And like I said, you don't really have anything else to worry about. Whereas here at school, um, we still do a lot of the similar things, but at the same time, we have to understand that we have all these other curricular activities going on and other stresses in our life. So we have to plan accordingly and make sure we make time for that on the side. And I think that's just part of growing up and maturing. So at the same time, um, you just have to make that adjustment and. I mean, being in my fifth year, I, I hope I've uh, been able to figure it all out, but I'm still figuring things out now. So I know it's it's tough adjustment coming from the WHL to school, but at the, at the end of the day, I think it's a great thing. Did you have any, like, pregame rituals or superstitions, anything like that? And did uh, any of those carry over? I mean, as a goalie, I guess we're, like, kind of known as being the weird ones, so <laughs> I think we're always doing, like, little little things that people may or may not pick up on on the side. Um, You know, little things, if you do something... One day and you win, you might be like, oh, I have to do it again. But I think as I've gotten older and my career, I've realized that you just got to relax and just let the game unfold itself. Um, you put the work in at the ice and off the ice, and at the end of the day, that's all you can really do. And then show up to the game and just play your hardest, and then the game will, uh, the hockey gods will <laughs> sort the rest out for you. 
Uh, you, you're actually the Canada West WHL Graduate of the Month for uh, for this year. You posted a 9.45 save percentage, 6.10 record. Uh, when you look at all the fantastic players that you know come out of the WHL, come to to, to Canadian University Sports, uh, what does it mean to get that honor? Oh, it's a huge honor. I mean, like you just said, there's so much talent in this league coming from the WHL and so much respect for a lot of the players in the league. So um, to get the, the honors of WHL Grad of the Month for January was a, a huge accomplishment for me. But I think it doesn't only just reflect me. I think it just reflects how well the team has been doing lately. So obviously I got to give a lot of credit to them because without them, I don't think I would have been able to achieve that award. So ultimately moving forward, I mean, it's a great thing to have my resume um, maybe I'll use it maybe as a recruitment tool for me to go play somewhere else. But at the same time, I think it just shows how well the team has come hard to play since the half. And, um, yeah, it's quite the honor. So are you looking to, like, play somewhere elsewhere when you uh, finish up? Obviously, you're your fifth year here at UBC. So um, do you have any other plans for, like, where you might like to go play next? Or? Yeah, I think I would love to go and give pro hockey a shot. I'm not necessarily playing in North America. I've been thinking about going and playing overseas somewhere in Europe. Um, I've kind of looked into the British League and a few other leagues, and I think that's something i got to talk to my coach more about and just see if he has any leads or any recommendations for me moving forward. But I think it would be a, a great experience to go play overseas and travel and play some hockey. I don't think it would hurt. Yeah, the British League is great. I actually went to a couple of Edinburgh Capitals games okay, um, right when, I, when I lived over there. Um, so did the Winter Classic, you had the Winter Classic, obviously, um, with, with Lethbridge uh, a couple weeks ago. Did that sort of remind you of the WHL days with, you know, like the packed stadium, like the the sort of different atmosphere? It was more like a playoff-type atmosphere almost. Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming from the WHL, we usually had like around, well, in Regina, like 4,000, 5,000 fans a game. So you're used to more of uh, getting energy from the crowd and just, you know, feeding off them for energy and when we come to school, we don't really get as that much of a fan base. Um, obviously, our parents are out there supporting us and cheering us on, which we all love and appreciate. But, um, I mean, have the Winter Classic is a pretty special game for us. And um, it actually gives us so much energy. And obviously, we're a bit nervous out there because we're not... We know it's our one chance to show how well we can play in front of a, a fan base. And just to have... Um, a full sold-out crowd was uh, really meaningful for us, and it was, it was a huge to get the win. And I think uh, looking back on our university careers, those are the games that you're going to remember when we played in front of a bunch of students. And like you mentioned, I actually find that the, the student crowd is a little bit more energetic than maybe the like a WHL crowd, maybe just because it's a bunch of students that have had a couple too many beers. But I think that just, <laughs> add, that just adds to the fun. And I'm glad that they're having a good time, and we're having a great time on the ice. So, yeah, overall, we, we love playing in that game. Yeah, did it sort of, like, affect the way you play? Because I know you made a couple huge saves in that game uh, towards the end of it, especially. Five seconds to go. Thrown in front. Quick passing, and what a stop by Hewitt. Denying Maxwell in the slot. Jamming away, or the prong, or yeah, where's like the puck? said, um, we get... I mean, you don't want to overthink it, and you just got to think it as uh, just another hockey game. You just got to go out there and play and enjoy it maybe a little bit more, and... I think you should just take a second, look around, and just take it all in because it only happens uh, once a year, and you really just got to enjoy the moment. So for my uh, my mindset was just to go and just keep playing the way I have and not overthink it and just enjoy enjoy the game and enjoy the process. So wh- when did you start sort of playing hockey competitively, and when did it sort of hit you, I can actually like maybe make a career out of this, I can go to the WHL, I can see what happens from there? Um, I would say competitively probably started since I was 13, 14. I got kind of started getting more serious and 
thought that I would like to take hockey somewhere and kind of when I was like 15, 16, 17 is around when the draft is happening for the WHL and I was never drafted to the WHL so I was a bit smaller and still I'm considered a small goalie at, at this time, just around six foot. So um, I just kept battling and working hard and fortunately I got an opportunity with Regina Pats and got a tryout and I just showed up and had a couple of good tryouts and they decided to give me a chance and put me in a few games and I just kind of kept the ball rolling from there and I landed having a three-year career in Regina so um, I'm actually super fortunate and it was a dream come true for me to play in the WHL and um, those are like I said the be- some of the best times of my life and I won't ever forget that. So uh, in your first year here, there was like a bit of a concern that the um, the hockey program was like in danger, like because uh, uh, there was like financial issues. There was a lot of stuff going on. Has that like progressed? Is it looking a lot better now in terms of the the future of the program? Yeah, most definitely. When we first got here, we weren't too aware, and then we kind of found out that the the program was under review, and they were looking to cut the program. And um, we had to do a lot of petitioning, and a huge credit goes out to our alumni who stepped up and made sure that. That was not going to happen, and the boys kind of had to rally behind each other and stand up for the team and the program, and um, I think they did end up cutting quite a few of our funds, so we had to find additional funds in order to remain above water, and we were able to do that, which is great, and uh, I think moving forward, I think we've just, um, has we've been coming together as a team, which has really helped out, and just winning helps, and I think getting a home ice advantage in the playoffs has only happened two times in 40 some odd years so I think it just shows the go that the program has come a long ways and shows why we're still a program here at UBC and um, yeah I'm happy we're still around overall yeah so this is this is your uh, your, your fifth year here um, probably the best chance you guys have had to make a real splash in the playoffs. do you guys like your chances right now or yeah, definitely. I don't think I would want to face us in the playoffs right now if I was a different team. I think we've shown that we can compete with any team in the league. Um, closing out the regular season versus Alberta this upcoming weekend is going to be another huge character test for us. Um, it could be a potential matchup down the road, so I think we don't want to take them lightly and show that uh, we're not a team to mess around with. Um, so, like you mentioned, in my five years here, I think this might be one of the years that we have a good shot uh, at making a splash here in the playoffs. So, just going to go in there and battle, compete, and then we'll see what happens. So does the future of the program look good with the, some of the younger guys coming in, like like Ryle and a couple of the other um, t- top scorers on your team are sort of the younger guys? Do you think the, the UBC Thunderbirds will be a good team for a couple more years to come? Oh, most definitely. I think the coaches have done a great job at recruiting. Um, it's tough to recruit at UBC because it's such a... The academic side, it's tough to get transferred your credits in here, so a lot of guys need to upgrade their classes in, in order to... Uh, get into school at UBC so sometimes the recruitment process can be a a bit of a challenge so um, the recruits that we got this year um, have been fantastic a bunch of great guys they work hard they show up ready to play and they've definitely uh, shown that on and off the ice and I think moving forward for this program they're going to continue to make the program better and I think it's only going to get better down the road. All right we're going to take a quick break for ads and then we'll get you right back to this interview with uh, UBC Thunderbirds goaltender Matt Hewitt. He's got a breakaway over the blue line, cuts to the net. What a play! Ryan, Fashionu. Oh, oh, what a goal! Oh, that's a magnificent goal! And he takes a shot at it. There it goes! It is out of here! Goes to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown! Do those moments thrill and exhilarate you? Do you want to be a part of the excitement? 
Join the CATR Sports Collective. The show airs every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. and live broadcasts volleyball and basketball games at the War Memorial Gym. We need collective members like you to host color commentary and talk all things UBC sports. Everyone is welcome and there's no experience necessary. Email volunteer at citr.ca to get involved. Well, when you were starting out as a writer, you were black, impoverished, homosexual. You must have said to yourself, gee, how disadvantaged can I get? Well, no, I thought I hit the jackpot. Oh, great. If it's so outrageous, you could not go any further, you know. You had to be, so you had to find a way to use it. Curated by Barbara Chirinos in partnership with Viff Van City Theatre, the annual Black History Month film series shines a spotlight on African North American film and history. This year's program encompasses music, political protest, spiritual, emotional enterprise, and endeavor. The centerpiece of Black History Month at Van City Theatre is the exclusive Vancouver premiere of the Academy Award-nominated documentary I Am Not Your Negro, screening from February 24th. Other highlights include Julie Dash's seminal Daughters of the Dust, the music films Molly Blues and Sign of the Times, and a new Canadian documentary about the untold history of black hockey players, Soul on Ice. So you've probably told the story a million times, but uh, the day that you got called up as a, the emergency backup for the Canucks, uh, can you like sort of just walk us through the day, sort of what happened? Yeah, I mean, just going to university and growing up in Vancouver, I've always kind of been a, a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, and I mean, as a guy that plays hockey, it's kind of always your your dream to play in the NHL, and... I guess you could say that was the dream come true for me that day, and uh, it was a super special day for me, my family, close friends, and just my teammates for me to have that opportunity. Um, I didn't even know I was going to be dressed in that day. I kind of woke up to a phone call saying there might be a chance that I might be playing for the or dressing for the Canucks that night, and I kind of just kind of just took me a second to wake up and see if that was like a, a reality, and let alone my coach calls me like. 20 minutes later and says you're gonna go dress for the Canucks tonight and I just kind of was kind of speechless in that moment and just couldn't believe it so I just threw my clothes on and tried to get to the rink as fast as I could and by the time I got there there was like media and a bunch of uh just press ready to go and it just kind of was a a eventful day for myself and fortunately I was our goalie coach is Alex Ald who is an ex-Canucks goalie and played in the NHL for a lot of seasons and we went on ice and worked on a few things, and he was able just to like calm me down and just just say enjoy the moment, and um, and that's exactly what I did. I just went to the rink, and all the guys were super welcoming with me, and it was just a really exciting day for myself, and I loved every moment of it. So you mentioned um, uh, you grew up watching the Canucks. Do you remember the game in two thousand three where they called up the UBC goalie because uh, Dan Cloutier had gone down, um, and they had to put uh, Johan Hedberg in, so they had um, Chris Levesque. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did you? Were you watching when uh, Hedberg went for the flying poke check and got his head hit, got his wrist <laughs> fractured, and they panned over to Levesque on the bench, thinking like he might have to go in? Yeah, I think I remember watching the highlights. I'm not sure if I watched that actual game, but I remember watching the highlights, and I just, you never know what can happen in in sports. So I thought that was uh, pretty awesome that a previous UBC goaltender had that opportunity as well, and yeah, I think he was a little bit closer actually getting the play, like you said, Hedberg. Uh, fractured his wrist or whatnot so he was that close to getting to play a game in the NHL which is pretty neat so just to be able to sit on the bench and take it all in with I'd say the best seat in the house uh, it was quite the experience for myself and 
uh, dream come true. Was there any moment where they were like, where you thought that you might have to go in? Any scary moments with uh, with Markstrom there? Or? No, I mean, it's a competitive game, and the goalies are getting run and getting bumped here and there. And I think you know, with having a guy like myself on the bench, I think there might be a little bit more overhype just to kind of like, oh, like this might be his chance. But at the end of the day, I know how the game works, and I mean, at the end of the, I was ready to go in if I needed to, but I kind of knew that I probably wasn't going to get that opportunity, but. Um, I was just happy to be there, and if the opportunity presented itself, I would have been ready to go. Did you want to go in, or were you just sort of hoping that Markstrom stayed okay for the rest of the game? Oh, definitely. I would have loved to get a chance to go and play. I mean, when you're that close to playing an NHL game, why not? You don't really have anything to lose at the end of the day. And um, So, yeah, if, if the opportunity presented itself, I would have loved to go in. I mean, I still would have been really nervous in that, obviously, just because you're not really expecting to be playing an NHL game that night <laughs> the moment you wake up, but... At the same time, I've been playing hockey for the majority of my life, so I think I just got to go out there and you just got to play your game and and see what happens. So you uh, you faced a couple shots in warm up. Uh, you were down on ice level, as you said, best seat in the house. So you were watching the play from the from the player's perspective. How different is the level of play? How different? Like har- the heart, are the shots harder? Is the is the skating faster? Like what do you notice between like a WHL or U Sports game and uh, the NHL game? Yeah, I mean, these guys are professional athletes, and they're in the NHL for a reason, so definitely their shots are elite, and they're grown men, so they're shooting pretty hard out there. Um, but at the same time, I've faced similar shots at, in youth sports or the WHL. I mean, WHL, we're a lot younger, so we're still developing, and guys are getting stronger as they get older. So, I mean, the shots probably aren't as hard. But coming in the university, guys are still 20 to 25 years old, so they're pretty strong, and they can shoot pucks pretty hard. And also at UBC, you've been pretty fortunate where you've been able to practice with the Canucks, and they've been sending some of their hurt players to practice with us, so you get to see kind of what it's like to practice with the pros. So you do definitely respect their shots. And uh, in warm-ups, I just tried to have fun with it and stop as many as I could. Obviously, they're going to get a few by you, but... Um, Bo Horvat actually told me to go in the net for a few breakaways towards the ends of warm-up, so that was probably the highlight of my warm-up, getting to take a few breakaways, and I think I stopped a few times, I scored a few times, but that was definitely a lot of fun for myself. How did you feel on the bench when uh, Henrik Sedin put home that uh, overtime winner? Oh, that was fantastic. I think it was a one nothing game, and we tied it up with just a minute left, so they go in the overtime, and Sedin to score the overtime winner and to get to go on nice and celebrate with the guys was like a really special moment. Um, it just kind of created more to the hype that I was able to jump on the ice and, you know, get in the the scrum with all the guys celebrating the overtime goal was uh, quite a quite an amazing moment for myself, and I had a lot of fun with it. Do you ever sort of hope that it'll happen again? Obviously, like with the Canucks affiliate being so far away in uh, in um, upstate New York, um, it's not always easy for them to get uh, replacements like it would be for a team like Toronto who has their AHL affiliate in the same city. Yeah, like I said, you never know what can happen in hockey, and you always got to be ready for the unexpected and I think you've seen with just the Vegas Golden Knights I think they've gone through a handful of goalies towards their earlier in the season so it just shows you like the turn of events can happen really quick and uh, they actually use the UBC goalies me Jared and Rylan as emergency backup goalies so uh, the league implemented a new rule where they have to have a third goalie in the the rink at all times so between the three of us, we we trade games and we bring our gear with us, and they put us in the stands in case of uh, a goalie goes down, and that goes for either team. 
So I guess that alone is just shows you how close you really are to getting into some NHL action and and uh, yeah, you never know what can happen at the end of the day. So you get to watch a couple games for free every year, or like yeah. So they supply us with a couple free tickets, and you just gotta show up with your gear, and you they have a room for you to put your gear, and the, you go up to the press box and get a nice meal, and uh, yeah, you get to enjoy the hockey game, and you have your phone ready to go in case of. Uh, Anything happens, then the goalie's on ice, and they got to get you down to the dressing room to sit on the bench to back up for them, just in case. You still have that jersey? Yeah, I do. have the jersey. I think my dad actually just framed it the other day, so I haven't seen it yet, but I think that's going to be a pretty special f- thing for me for the rest of my life to have a, a framed uh, Canucks jersey. Did you um, you mentioned the the Vegas Golden Knights situation? Um, there was um, they they were coming up to play in uh, Vancouver. They had just played in Edmonton, um, and their their third goalie of the season uh, was injured because Flurry was injured, Subban was injured, and then uh, Oscar Dansk, who was the third goalie, get, uh, was was injured. So they had uh, Dylan Ferguson from Kamloops Blazers called up. Um, if either Ferguson or Legacy was uh, had gone down, you would have been the or one of you guys would have been the next guy up. Did you think about that? Were you looking at that, following that situation at all? Or? Yeah, I think just knowing that uh, the Vegas had all those goalie issues, you're just like, oh, maybe it's like they have a goalie curse or something. So for one of us to go to the game, we're like, oh, maybe this would be the actual opportunity that we'll get to go and dress for one of the teams. Um, by the same time, it can happen to any team, so you don't want to try to overthink the situation and – like I said, you don't know what's going to happen, so you just got to be ready if your name gets called on. All right, well, uh, that's all the time we have today, but uh, thank you so much, Matt, for coming in. And um, if you like this interview, if you want to hear more interviews, more sports news, Thunderbird scores, everything from the world of UBC Thunderbird sports, check out Thunderbird Eye, Thursdays at 3.30 with myself, Jacob Ayer, and Jake McGrail. Uh, for now, this has been Eric Thompson for CITR 101.9 FM, Thunderbird Eye. Refresh your mind because the boys are back in town with a different kind of